Hey everybody, welcome to Electric Liberty Land episode number 172. And I want to remind you before this show, a very special show, tying into the Tiger King uh, documentary that you can still join the Lions of Liberty Pride for as little as $5, really as $2. But at $5 and up, you get all of our bonus content, access to Do Nothing Man. I just released a brand new 30-minute Do Nothing Man episode centered around COVID. It's awesome. And not only that, if you join at $15 or up, you get our very funny collector's item Tigers of Liberty shirt with myself as Joe Exotic, with John Odermatt as Doc Antle and Mark Claire as that bitch Carol. You do not want to miss out on that. And of course, you can join at higher levels, $25 and up. You get to join our Mufasa level. You get to be on calls with us monthly, $50 and up, which welcome Holly. We just got a new $50 a month uh, supporter. You get to actually pick topics for the show. So go check it out. Patreon.com forward slash Lions of Liberty. And through the end of April, we are still giving 10% of all of our monies that come in through Patreon to Greg Glyer and Donor C to help out with his charitable endeavors to help COVID. So help us help you help everybody. And yeah, let's get into it. Welcome to Electric Liberty Land, here on the Lions of Liberty podcast, your weekly shot of culture, comedy, and liberty with your host, Brian McWilliams. Welcome, everybody, to Electric Liberty Land. I'm here with Joshua Dial. Do you like to go by Josh or Joshua, by the way? What do you mean? Just Josh. Just, just Josh. Josh. Okay, great. Yeah. So I'm here with Josh, uh, who, of course, has gained massive notoriety from the documentary Tiger King. And it's funny, like, you know, <laughs> I was talking to Josh. I can see you've got a rainbow don't tread on me flag in the back, which I love. Awesome. Yeah, that got that from at uh, New Orleans uh, at the National Convention uh, for going to the outright libertarian uh Masquerade Bowl. Yeah. Awesome. <laughs> That's great. And I've got uh, a different variety of rainbow behind me because as Josh and I were discussing, I didn't realize we were going to be doing video on the call. So I've got like a, a rainbow cowboy hat and a wig behind me and a sorts of, all sorts of other crap because I didn't clean up. But um, yeah, anyway, I, I, I mean, this, is, this has been an, an incredible, I don't even know, cultural flashpoint, this entire documentary. So you know, there's a couple of things I want to talk about just about the documentary to start. And then I want to get into more of your politics and libertarianism uh, and that side of things, which is obviously fascinating to me, this being a libertarian podcast, but also I think is a side of the documentary and a side of your life that I'm sure most people aren't seeing and you're not having a lot of opportunity to really talk about because most people just want to focus on what's being shown on the Netflix special. Right. With that in mind, uh, first things first how close to reality was the the documentary? You know, and again, I don't want to spend too much time with this, but just real quick, it, was it portrayed somewhat accurately as far as who Joe is, as far as the relationships, or was there, a, were there, was there a lot of stuff going on or a lot of personality that you didn't get to see come out? Um, I mean, you know, there was definitely, I mean, I know that I did like, you know, because the way this thing worked is like Netflix did not approach me as as the the entity itself of Netflix did not approach me for the interview. You know, all these you know years ago when I started doing these interviews, um, they actually have like six or seven interviews with me mm-hmm. that like didn't even show up in the in the series. Um, and you know, as I say, um, you know, it wasn't Netflix that came to me. It was uh, just some random guy, and he ended up selling it to someone who sold it to Netflix or mm-hmm. something like that. Um, but I had no idea um, what was going to go on. Um, it's just been crazy, you know. I yeah. was not prepared for it. I thought it was going to be like an indie film at best, and it turned into like a national sensation. Um, but even though it was an indie film, like I wanted to make sure that like I spread, you know, the message that, you know, this man was, you know, you know, he was set up. And I think the documentary. I, I wanted to get to that. Wait, you're getting way, you're yeah. getting way ahead of me now. I got to. Well, I, gotta, I mean, you, I mean, I feel, I feel like that's the conclusion that the documentary draws. And I mean, yeah. you asked if, you know, how, how close the, doc, the documentary is to the truth. So, you know, I guess I'm just taking the long way of talking about it, like Yoda speaking about it. <laughs> um, you know, I mean, you know, yeah, yeah, sure. Yeah, well, that's well, I mean, hey, we're talking about it now because that was and that was one of the questions I want to get to is do, do you think Joe was set up? I mean, I, I know that between 
my, you know, the Lions of Liberty group and, and us, a lot of people agree with you that he was set up. I mean, yeah. obviously there's a lot out there, the videos he made and you know, all these posts and the crazy stuff, but it's just, you know, the ramblings of a madman. And, and at the same time, I, who of us hasn't put out kind of crazy crap on the internet or, you know, done, done things sure. that can be taken out of context and repurposed. So, so you definitely think he was set up and yeah. From what I saw in the documentary, I would agree with you in that it seems like Jeff and Alan had a perfect patsy to set up to take this away from it. So, yeah, go ahead and tell, yeah. tell us a little bit more about that. Yeah, no, I mean, it's spot on. Like, I mean, everything they laid out in the documentary, it's there for everybody to see. That's why there's such a huge movement of freeing Joe. Like, I would honestly, like, not be surprised if before the 2020 election, um, if the president didn't pardon Joe, Joe Exotic. Um, I would be interested to see. Um, I, I have a feeling they are running internal polling um, and seeing because they want everything. You know, right now Biden's you know ahead in all the polls. Yeah, and I know that don't really matter a whole lot, but um, you know because obviously 2016 taught us that the polls matter not. Um, they're going to go <laughs> go again with the Yoda speak, but um, <laughs> you know he's got he might have to do something because people are pissed right now. You know, yeah. we're all locked in our houses. Yep. Like, you know, I can't go anywhere or do anything and I can't like, you know, get a decent job, you know, something more, more along my talent line. So like, while I'm out of work, I'm just working at a grocery store and, mm -hmm. you know, I started like a day or two into it or about four, two or three days into it. And I had to take a leave of absence just because it's just been so overwhelming. Like, yeah, I, like I can't imagine. Like reliving all this stuff, like yeah. you know, it's just a nightmare. Well, that's one of the things too, and and we'll we'll get I will plug this at the end too. But I know you have a GoFundMe uh, going, and also a Facebook fundraiser, which I'll link to in the show notes, which will be at lionsofliberty.com forward slash ell one seven two. So I'll link to those so people can go and support you because I know you're going through a lot of counseling, and obviously, I mean, watching somebody literally put a gun to their head has got to be traumatizing for anybody, no matter the circumstances. I mean, what, can you tell me a little bit? And, and I don't want to bring up the trauma uh, as well, but was that the, that had to be the craziest thing you saw, but what would you say is the second craziest thing? And also what was, can we get a little bit more insight into that? The aftermath of after Travis pulled that trigger, you know, I mean, we saw the, you know, the, the way the documentary portrayed it, but I'm sure you have a little bit more to tell us about that. Yeah, I mean, um, you know, as far as like what happened, I mean, it just, you know, he said Ruger won't fire without a clip right on the temple. Mm. Um, and it went straight through um, what, you know, straight through throughout the other temple into the wall. And like, uh, you know, so it instantaneously looked, just gone or was well, he he was like this and it's hard to judge time. But he was just looking at me like this, like his eyes open, like as oh, wide as gosh. they could be. And like the blood was just, he, he like didn't, he wasn't moving with the blood. And then his head fell back like that. And, oh. and that's, and then this Adam's apple started bobbing up and down, up and down, up and down. And that's when I knew for sure that it wasn't a joke. And he actually did just accidentally kill himself. Oh um, I've never seen anything crazier or more horrifying than that. Well, I mean, your face told it all. Just it, the look of shock that you had on your face, just sitting there, it was almost like I turned to my wife, I was watching. I was like, I was like, is it, is it a still frame? Because you were just frozen. And obviously I don't think anybody else would have reacted any differently. So having seen that trying to figure out what's going on and what to do and what, you know, just making any sense of that situation. Um, I mean, you know, it cut away. We couldn't see anything on the video. So, you know, is there any, any other insight into what happened after that, how it was handled uh, the reactions of the other you know, Cass, we saw Joe was obviously broken up, but, you know, yeah, and, we, I mean, and, I, and again, I don't want to dwell on this too much because I know yeah. it's dramatic, but, you know, just to, to get a little bit more insight would be great. Well, well, you know, like there was a, there was a debate between, uh, well, it was a argument between me, Eric, me and Eric Cowley, who was in, you know, the documentary. Um, Eric was the one who went in there and took the gun out of Travis's hand, you know, and uh, put it on the, threw it on the floor because hmm. I guess he still had a grip on it. Um, and said there wasn't, there was a clip in it. And I told the police there wasn't a clip on it because he took the clip out, put it on the desk. I remember See, that that's much. so bizarre that the but, guy's like, wait, 101, um, you don't so, touch the body or the gun. I mean, yeah, what is this guy thinking? Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and, you know, uh, you know, everyone was just shocked, you know, I mean, 
like I've like I've seen gruesome stuff. Like I've seen like you know I've seen the the awful stuff back in the you know two thousands mid two thousands when the terrorists were you know uh, you know as you were beheading reporters and you know those videos were going around. Seen stuff like that. Seen uh, actually seen someone live on Fox News once. It was Shepard Smith. I'll never forget it. But it wasn't traumatizing. It was a car chase. And the guy got out and Fox News didn't have it on a delay. And it, live on television, it showed the guy a pop and drop. I mean, just dead. And Shepard Smith cut away and had to make a full, like, big apology. I mean, I'm sure you could probably still look it up. Oh, yeah. Um, but, I mean, like, all that is nothing compared to, like, what, what like, it was just to be five feet away from it, you know? Yeah. And, and like to have to go in that next day and the day after that and the day for a year and a half to that same office, to that same desk. They never even covered up the bullet hole. God, it's, they, ne- it's, they never, they never gave me a day off to go get counseling. They never gave me any funds to help me get counseling. You know, mm-hmm. it's just a wound that's just festered in my soul and my heart. I and, you know, imagine. people are given and people are just, you know, people have been so supportive, but also people are just being so mean. Like, you know, I mean, I don't understand what's so hard about, um, you know, and, you know, mainly it's just people, you know, ragging on me for raising money, you know, raising money through contributions from pi- private individuals and companies is the way that libertarians should exactly. do things. <laughs> we don't go to the government for checks. We don't go. And honestly, even if I was, wasn't a libertarian, I wouldn't want to go to the free mental health clinic because it's substandard care Mm -hmm. and there's a three, four month waiting list. I know of, you know, it's ridiculous. I think people presume automatically. Well, number one, I can't believe, I mean, the fact that I didn't know you went back for a year and a half after that, you know, it's hard, a little bit harder to to figure out the timeline in the documentary as it's presented. So I didn't realize you were still working for a year and a half after that happened, which is insane. Yeah. I can't imagine going back. It's like it's like a rape. Probably closer to a year, but to the rape for a year. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, for sure. And you know, it's you know, people just, you know, it's just people are just so cruel, you know. Yeah. Like I don't think I don't see why like people like I will compare it to coronavirus testing. Um, right now, the COVID-19 people have commented that all the rich people are getting tested and getting, you know, and us regular folk might have it and we can't get the test or we get the test and it takes months to get it back. It's because they have money Mm -hmm. just as in all things, the more money you have, the better quality care you will get. And that's why I have um, Jess Mears and Chrissy. They both um, are good friends of mine. Oh, I didn't know. Oh you're, have, oh, you're friends with Jess Mears? I didn't know that. Yeah. And she's <laughs> actually, her and Chrissy were actually the ones that put the GoFundMe together for me because I've never, oh, I've never done anything like this before. Because it took a while for me to even realize like I needed help, mm-hmm. you know, but like I've had this just like dark cloud over my head for all this time. Yeah. Ever since, ever since it happened, you know, two, I mean, however long it's been two and a half years ago, maybe, I don't know, two years ago. It's just like, I should be able to recall that. Like, you know, I I need, I need good professional help. Like, and I don't feel like I'm obligated to tell people what I, what I am. Well, I'm taking on meds, you know. No, definitely not. But it's your Christ. I think I mean, it's that's why we don't want tell- the government getting yeah. involved in healthcare. Your health privacy yeah. is your 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 purview, and no one else's. But also, as you said, it's a good point. You know, it's. I think people presume you're making all this money off of this stock, which isn't the case. No. Um, you know, it's like oh, there's people making a lot of money off it. it. Doesn't mean that you're one of those people. And you know, it's crazy to presume that. And yeah, you need help. And we're in the middle of a global pandemic. Number one. And number two, you know, having gotten this level of fame, it can be more difficult to get a job. So yeah, man, I'm, you know, yeah. we, I, we yeah. gave you some cash. I encourage everybody out there to help out. And, and I know, you know, cash is tight for everybody right now, but there's definitely people out there that have money. So please share. And this is the way to share with a fellow libertarian. And, you know, let's, let's transition into talking a little bit more about the libertarian aspect of this. So are you still, I, you've got the Don't Tread on Me and obviously Jess Beers is helping you. I was going to say, are you still uh, strongly libertarian in your views? Uh, have you dabbled with any Bernieisms or anything like that in the? In yeah, the- I mean, I, yeah, I mean, I I briefly decided to take a uh, a job uh, with a Democratic candidate, 
hmm. as people probably could could have seen if they scrolled through my Facebook. Uh, but I mean, I'm a political operative. I mean, but at the end of the day, when I go into the voting booth and the and the ballot box, I'm going to vote libertarian no matter what. Yeah. Um, I am a I am a paid member of the National Party. Um, I don't have my card. Like well, I saw you were a delegate. You had the the delegate sticker. Yeah, I was. A, so, yeah, yep. I was a delegate. Are you the, planning on going the, to the convention? By the way, if they still uh, if they have it. <laughs> if no, I, I I don't have the funds. Um, and then my fiance, he's disabled. He's he's just got a little. Um, you know, he was born with fetal alcohol syndrome. So, um, you know, I couldn't just leave him here. I mean, he's right. he's not, not by no means is he like crippled or anything. I'm not saying that at all. But I just wouldn't. You know. It, it, it take, you know, two people and it's just too much, you know, just too much. I work at a grocery store and I mean, I'm on a leave of absence right now anyways, because this is just too much. And I go in public yeah. and I cannot even do my regular easy work, easy money job yeah. because of the people recognizing me and just bringing this up to me while I'm trying to just like wanting to go back to my life, you know? So you gotta, I, I think even, you have to hope that this turns into a Star Trek style scenario where, you know, 20 years from now, you won't get the benefit now, but 20 years from now, you'll be able to sit at a table and there'll be people coming up dressed as you and you'll be able to sign the thing for $50. And I, I, I fear though, <laughs> I'm more since, since I am a Star Wars fan and not a Star Trek fan, it'll be more like Star Wars and we're going to have to wait like 30 years. <laughs> and even at the end, even at the end, they're going to fuck it up real bad. <laughs> you're you're going to get the J.J. Abrams Tiger King treatment. Yeah, you know they're yeah. talking about casting the movie and all that, and uh, yeah, you'll get the J.J. Abrams version. Um, well, I, want, little... I want Mark Ruffalo to play me. Okay, yeah, I'd say that's I love what I'm Mark talking about. Ruffalo. Yes, I like it. Except, I want... Oh, but he's such a leftist dick, though. God, he is. He is. But I mean, like, he's also very active in the LGBTQ community, and I am, you know, a gay man. So, um, you know. I, I think a lot of people can see from, I mean, I'm not a hardliner libertarian, but I mean, like I said before, I am a dues paying member. Um, you know, I, I, I switched, you know, for, you know, one, you know, maybe two months, um, you know, well, for a, a job. job related. Yeah, exactly. Man, if it's a job, yeah. look, I'm a libertarian and I'm like, a, and you I, know, I'm a staunch libertarian and arco capitalist libertarian, but at the same time, <coughs> I do public relations for a living. I literally was working for the Chinese government. Yeah. Literally. So, I mean, I mean look, you know, it, a job's a job, man. You know, I was promoting an, I was promoting an economic event they had. A job's yeah. a job. It doesn't mean it changes who you are as a person. As you said, at the end of the day, you're going to the booth, you're voting libertarian, your core values are libertarian. And um, I'm paying those dues. Exactly right, man. <laughs> <laughs> and the LP needs them. So yeah. tell, me, tell me a little bit about your, you know, you're a political science major. How did you get to be Joe Exotic's campaign manager, and and tell me about his views. I mean, were they just overlapping in libertarianism? As you know, he just wants to be left alone, and he's you know, and and gay rights obviously plays prominent in libertarian values. It's we've always championed gay rights. I mean, how did his intersection with libertarianism work? Did you bring him to that, or did he choose that and bring you in? How did that whole thing work out? He so I was in between jobs and I actually didn't go to the zoo with the intention of getting a job. I didn't even know he was wanting a campaign manager. I just I'd live in Paul's in Paul's Valley, which is seven miles north of the zoo for, gosh, uh, 28 years of my life, you know, and I'd never been to that zoo all 28 years of my life. So at, my, at the age of 28, I decided, hell, what the hell, you know, because I'd already I'd already known Joe from the community, you know, seeing him in various places, seeing him in the store and stuff. And, I, you know, he had ran for president previously. So, you know, I, I always talked to him because I have respect. Look, I have respect for any elderly or, you know, he'd kill me if I called. He knew I was calling him elderly. <laughs> Pretty old. But any any elder, uh, you know, gay man or, or any LGBT uh, Q individual who's especially when they're older, mm -hmm. I just have a ton of respect for them, especially when they were out back when in the eighties, yeah, you know, during the AIDS crisis when, you know, or, or even further back than that. Mm -hmm. Um, so that's where my initial even drive to want to go to the zoo was, or even approach Joe and talk to him about politics. And, you know, he just got to know me, you know, in the public when we met, you know, every time we talk, we talk politics and he liked what I had to say about, you know, like, you know, about libertarian ideas. Um, and um, when I went to the zoo that one day, he said, I, I said, I'm in between jobs. And he said, uh, oh, well, I'm looking for a campaign manager. I said, oh, well, where are you running for? He said, well, I'm running for governor. Uh, I said, 
okay. And he's, you know, told, told me kind of some of the details. And I told him, I said, I'd take the job. Next day I started and I worked uh, 18 hours that day. Damn. Yeah. Just, just trying to get everything organized and in shape. I mean, what was the, the whole job? No, the whole job was six days a week. We got, I got, I got one day off a week and every day was a minimum of 12 hours, sometimes hmm. longer. Yeah. But I'm sure he didn't pay you well. Did you have, did he pay you in the, the Walmart meat? <laughs> no. Yeah. 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 No, we, we'd be lucky to get the good stuff because what he'd do is take the stuff that looked the best up to the restaurant yeah. and uh, yeah. like make hamburgers and steaks with it. <laughs> so like we just got actually what was left over from the meat truck, from the meat truck being raided to go put, because the pizzas, everyone says the pizza restaurant. No, the pizza restaurant was never actually meat truck food. That was actually oh, okay. like stuff he bought from a pizza restaurant. Um, here in Oklahoma. Um, I can't oh, remember the name of the, the, the documentary yeah, but, does not clarify that they let everybody yeah. just got to surmise and take their own yeah. guess. It's only at the safari bar, which was the bar he owned North of the zoo, um, that he'd put all the food up there was, you know, all the food was old. Uh, only thing uh, fresh was like the buns and like sometimes not even the vegetables on them stuff, you know, cause they get produce shipments too, you know, there's a meat truck, but there's also a produce truck. Oh, wow. Lettuce, I didn't realize that. Onions, tomatoes, all, the, all that kind of stuff. So you go into oh, the wow. restaurant. The only thing that you're eating that is actually safe on a, a burger with everything on it is, this, is like the bread. If you're lucky. <laughs> God, so, if anything, the fucking vegetation is probably more uh, dangerous. That's it. You get like salmonella more than anything, right? Right. <laughs> God damn, that's disgusting. Um. Well, let, tell me a little bit about running his campaign. Um, and then I want to talk about, you know, we'll talk a little bit more about what you said about, uh, you know, fuck the feds, obviously, was hilarious and, and unexpected. I mean, that's one of the things with this I documentary. Said it two more times last night. Oh, yeah, baby. All right, you guys, you may not be familiar with that music. I'm hoping you are, but that is the intro music for the System Is Down podcast. Now, you heard me talk about the Lions of Liberty slash Tigers of Liberty shirt. The design for that was done by none other than Dan Smots of The System Is Down, the host of that show, our favorite in-house graphic designer, and also one of our favorite supporters. He's been one of our long, long-time listeners, actually was inspired to start his own podcast from listening to the Lions of Liberty. Dan and I actually collaborate to do our reviews for Rick and Morty recaps, all of our South Park recaps. He's also a part of the Legion of Liberty Doom, a uh, Patreon show that he does for his subscribers and we do for ours with me, John Odermatt, Howie Snowden, Remzo Martinez, and Dan. Guys, you got to check this podcast out. I'm telling you, it's awesome. Dan has no fear. <laughs> I, mean, I swear to God, it's interesting because he's libertarian, but the show encompasses more than just that. So he's coming up from a libertarian standpoint. He loves to play devil's advocate on the show, but he has no topic that's not taboo. And we've got our Patreon show, Conspiracy Corner, going into uh, all the different underground theories. He makes that a central component of a lot of his episodes. But on top of that, he's going into a lot of libertarian philosophy. He's having people that were former Yang and Bernie staffers on that joined Vermin Supreme's uh, campaign now. He's been talking about the Corey Feldman documentary. He's talking about, I mean, God, he's had Bill Clinton's former rape accuser on, just like we have. You got to listen to the System is Down podcast. Make it a priority ad in your podcast feed. I promise you, you will not regret it. And tell Dan that I sent you, God damn it, because someone's going to give me the the feels won't it be you <laughs> all right guys check that out system is down podcast I, I i saw that yeah i just watched you on the joel McHale special episode which i watched today because it just came out and it's just, it's perfect we're talking and i love the double down because a lot of our listeners they had said oh we'll ask him about you know the dabbling with the democrat side which you addressed uh very early on which is great and then I said, oh, well, yeah, Joel had asked you about fuck the feds. You doubled down on it, which I loved. So let's talk a little bit about that. And also, I mean, this COVID stuff going on, has that made your stance stronger in fuck the feds or have you drawn it back? Because there are some libertarians that are saying these are the right measures that are being taken. And there are others that are saying, you know, fuck you, fuck that uh, in right. general. Well, you know, I'm not a, I'm not an anarchist. I'm, I'm a pragmatist mm -hmm. um, as far as where I fall in the caucus spectrum or whatever you want to say. Yep. Um, you know, I'm, you know, 
you know, coming from the Democrats, obviously I'm a little, little bit of a left libertarian, but as far as fiscal matters and economic matters go, um, I'm as far, just about as far right as you can go. Um, uh, you know, on the libertarian spectrum, that is, of course, yeah. <laughs> um, you know, um, before you go into the extremes. Um, so, you know, I've got just kind of a unique perspective and, you know, running Joe's campaign at first, you know, it was, it was odd, you know, because he wouldn't let me do nothing. Um, and it wasn't until a few months into it when Travis killed himself um, and Joe like sudden like broke down and all of a sudden like I would like Joe was not I had to be I had to be strong for Joe because he lost mm-hmm. his husband. Yeah. Like and yeah, no one was there to be strong for me, but that's all right. Um, I was there to be strong for him. So that was part of the job. But when that happened, I was able to like put it to the back of my head because all of a sudden I was in charge of what he said at debates and we were starting to go to debates and he would talk about, um, simple, simple stuff that people here in Oklahoma eat up. Like you go, you know, if we have a house next to each other and I, I pay to dig a hole, put water in it and pay to put fish in it, you would have to pay for a license to the state of Oklahoma just to come fish in my pond that I paid to dig and I paid to put fish in. Is that right? if you think that is wrong, then maybe you should be a libertarian, stuff like that. Yeah, that's, you know? good. that's good positioning, man. I mean, that's, that's, it's really interesting to hear it, Like you talk like local level stuff because yes, that's what's definitely all local. Over. Yeah. Well, talk, yeah. tell us, tell me a little bit more about that. You know, I, cause I didn't realize how I wasn't sure how far he got in. I saw the documentary cause we're going from ignorance, you know, it's just what the documentary shows us was we, what we know. So we saw him kind of yeah. walk in the streets campaigning, but didn't really see a lot of that you know, debate footage. I mean, how was he in debates? How were, how was your job prepping him for debates? Was he, was he, you know, easy to work with as far as here to say these things and he'd do it or was he a huge pain in the ass? So on debates or forums that we'd have, uh, he had a limo. It was a campaign limo. <laughs> I had Joe, Mo- uh, I'm sure y'all saw it probably. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and, uh, you know, I'd always sit at the far back seat and he'd always sit at the far front seat. And there was a DVD player, DVD players installed in the limo and he had every season of criminal minds on DVD. So I'd have my notebook and I'd be like doing last minute prep, trying to be like, Hey Joe, you know, blah, blah, blah. And he would just ignore me. And his bad habit was he always like chew on his, chew on his like Coke nail like this, (laughs) like all the time. And I'd be like, Joe, like, let's go over like what the governor said today or what the lieutenant governor who was running you know, at the time on a Republican ticket. Let's talk about what the lieutenant governor said or let's talk <laughs> you know, at the time. We were in a three-way libertarian primary yeah, for, I saw for that. governor. Yeah, we had two other good, good folks, though, uh, Rex Lawhorn and Chris Powell. Chris mm-hmm. Powell actually a city, uh, got elected here in Oklahoma to city council. Oh, that's, um, and, that's yeah, awesome. Yeah, Shit. Chris Powell's next. One of one of a, a handful of elected libertarians here in Oklahoma now, um, and he did, um, along with a handful of other candidates, get enough to ensure that we maintain ballot access. Awesome. Um, so in the end, it worked out. Um, but something I want to point out to any of your, like a lot of the folks out there, is the like kind of take a look at the three way primary. You had uh, Chris Powell, who's more of a pragmatist like myself. Yeah, Rex Lawhorn is more of a radical, and I, you know, more of a, on the radical spectrum. And then you have Joe Exotic, who doesn't belong, or mm. maybe you could have someone who does belong, but a Joe Exotic type character that brought out. We had huge. We had even though our party was really small at the time, only like you know four thousand five hundred libertarians. We had like three thousand five hundred people come out and vote. Like mm. the voter turnout was impressive. And that's because there was, you know, I, I feel like partially it was because we had someone that threatened our principles of our party and it encouraged people who maybe aren't paying their dues or maybe aren't going to the convention mm-hmm. or maybe aren't even registered to get out, register and go vote and make sure that these people do not come in and wreck our party. The key is, is you have to have a campaign manager or campaign staff, hopefully, um, that is able to steer the ship um, when it goes off course because yeah. that's the best you can hope for for a, for a you know a Donald Trump type candidate like that you know yeah. um, so you know that's kind of how campaigning went um, towards the end um, around December through uh, June I took on the role of photography videography video editing I 
did I did all his photos. I did all the zoos tour photos and promo you, photos. Now, that's one way, man. If you still have those uh, and they are your property, that's what you should look to monetize. Cause I guarantee you can find somebody to buy those, those photos and those behind the scenes videos off you to help, to help fund well, your, uh, hopefully see, your, your I, treatments and also far more. I mean, all, only pick only, only really good cat pictures I have are already on my Facebook. And I mean, I put them on there a long time ago, way before <laughs> I knew that Netflix was going to buy this. And uh, <laughs> there would be a global, a global pandemic, you know, yeah, I know, I know the, the perfect world. environment for people to be shut in and have one thing to watch and just yeah. get sucked yeah. in. Right. And, and, and you know, like I'm not making any money right now. Um, you know, some, some douchebag reported my GoFundMe. Um, it, it won't allow anyone like it won't allow, it won't stop anyone from donating. So go ahead and please donate. Mm -hmm. Um, but I can't withdraw anything out of it. Um, and then I think someone probably did the same thing with the Facebook fundraiser cause nothing's come out, out of that. So, you mm -hmm. know, not working, I have started, uh, joined cameo. Um, so if I uh, just want to let everybody know, just look up tiger King on uh, cameo, you can download the app. And, uh, you know, you, you can get me to give you guys a shout out, say fuck the feds to your boss or whatever you want oh, me yeah. to do, um, awesome. answer behind the scenes questions. I am doing that. So, I mean, that's what I'm doing to pay the rent for like the roof over my head, you know, the car insurance. And so, you know, like, you know, I'm not living in destitution. It's just, I'm not getting the care I need because people are being yeah. so mean that, you know, and then I, I tried to put my Venmo and my cash app and stuff out there. So I could get more immediate care, but like the backlash was just so harsh that I, I just couldn't do it. Yeah, you know, because that that money comes to me immediately. I don't have to wait like I've been waiting, you know, weeks to get, yeah. to get this stuff. And I can go to the doctor. Like it's for instance, I'm off tomorrow. If I was able to withdraw my cash from either of my fundraisers, I could have the opportunity to you know go. You know, I don't go. I go back to work on Tuesday from my leave of absence. If I'm still, if I'm you know, deemed well enough. Mm -hmm. So I'm just hoping that, you know, you know, folks will reach out and help me, you know, get the funds I need to go to the doctor, you know, and get against, you know, I, I haven't seen a doctor since I have done this. Yeah. That's know? insane. Like and that is, that like, is I, like, God, like, well, hopefully this is your therapy. Am I helping at all? <laughs> well, that, that's, I hope it has been, it has <laughs> been, that's why I do it, but I also do it because people deserve to know the truth, you know? Yeah. Um, and a lot of people have been, you know, really interested in, in my story and I wanted to get it out there for yeah. people. Well, what other, you know, exceptions, what other, uh, yeah, you know, what other truths do you think need to be told about this? And I know, I know we're trying to keep this about 45 minutes, but we have about 15 minutes. So there's a couple of the things I wanted to ask you, but before that, tell me, you know, what are some of the truths that you think haven't been told adequately, um, that you saw or that you'd want to talk about? Well, I would say this, uh, at least for the time that I worked for Joe, for the gubernatorial campaign, he didn't, he, the only drug I ever saw him take was a THC gummy that was about that, that, that tall. Oh, wow. Um, okay. know, just, just little bitty, little bitty, little bitty THC gummy. Hmm. Um, that, that was it. That was it. THC how was, jo how was Joe as a person? I mean, was he, it seems like, and this is interesting. I actually took the Tiger King model of Joe running the, cause it, it looked like he, you know, you're not in this because you're a professional, but a lot of the staff working for him were kind of people that have been thrown to the wayside by society or sure. they couldn't find jobs. And it was interesting to see how he would take these people in. And they did seem to have quite a bit of loyalty to him and, and a lot of love for him, even though they weren't making, you know, this, these full wages. But he was giving them food. He was giving them housing. He was giving them opportunity. And I, you know, I was looking to myself and I live in Los Angeles, you know, our homeless population is probably bigger than the city you live in right now. You know, it's, it's absurd. And I'm looking at the Joe exotic model of, Hey, I'm going to give you a place to live. You know, I wouldn't be opposed to corporations building dorms and having people work in there and having a little bit of, of spending money and giving them food and giving them shelter and even giving them healthcare. I mean, yeah. was that, it just seemed like the loyalty was there with these people that had nowhere else to go. And it, did you feel that a lot or, or was there some underlying resentment that didn't come through as much? No, I mean, he was a good man, um, it, you know, in the sense of taking care of people, you know. Um, I, you know, he, uh, 
Like he had a sex offender one time, even working and living there. I mean, like he would let anybody in that would work. Now, when he worked us, he'd work us like dogs. He was mean, (laughs) he was cruel. He was not nice. He was, uh, he was not kind. Um, But he did kind things for people and he took care of people. And I think the reason he was so mean while working was, you know, a lot of people will say, well, he was only mean because he wanted to make sure that people were extra cautious around the animals so that they didn't get hurt. But mm-hmm. I didn't work around the animals a lot. I worked in the office and he was mean to me. Yeah. So, <laughs> I mean, where's the excuse now? I mean, so I don't know why he was so cruel to his employees. I think he knew he had everyone by the balls. Maybe he so, wasn't yeah. quite as mean to me. And he always treated me with much more respect than any of the other employees, except for Rinky and maybe Eric. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, uh, but that was because he needed me. He was running as a libertarian. I'm the only libertarian that in Oklahoma that would have been willing to 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 do that, um, you know. And he needed he needed me. Mm. Um, so you know, it was a little different with with our relationship. Yeah. Um, but it was not a healthy one for sure. It didn't seem like any of the relationships were were healthy. There was it was a lot of you know. I think you hit the nail on the head. It seemed like even though he had helped these people in a lot of ways, uh, there was a very symbiotic relationship. And you know, Travis obviously had a massive drug problem. Um, I think uh, was it John had a drug problem problem, but then he said he had stopped using drugs at least in the latest episode, which is good. Um, and then also just he said a lot of these people had nowhere else to go. So while he would you say that Joe was an opportunistic user of people or just that this is just kind of the way it worked out? You know, he saw his opportunities and he wasn't intentionally trying to take advantage of people, but it just kind of came part and parcel with where a lot of these people were when he found them. Yeah. I mean, I think it's just a little both. I think it's just a little both, you know, I mean, um, uh, you know, he, he'd just take talent where he could get it. I mean, there were several people that would come and go. Um, and usually he would get rid of the real good people that had a good head on their shoulders before they got a, you know, fixed on what was actually going around, going mm-hmm. on around there. Um, in my case, like I said before, he simply needed me. So he, you know, chose to confide in me, um, his secrets and stuff. Not all of them, of course. Um, yeah. Everything that he confided in me is basically out there in public. Um other than a few like really gross, grotesque things that I'd rather not talk about. <laughs> Perversions of a sexual nature. <laughs> I don't want to, yeah. I don't, I won't pry. Yeah. That's exactly what it is. <laughs> I, I figured, I figured I won't, I won't get into that as, as much as I want to. I know uh, you probably don't want to get into it. Um, you know, you, Oh, I actually, I'll save the, I'll save these funny. I have a couple of funny questions to wrap up with then on a high note, but you already said that uh, as you talked about earlier, that we both agree that Joe got set up. So is there any other insight into, you know, Jeff and Alan, you know, these two shady guys, did you see the interactions there? I mean, Alan especially seems like just a a shady, shady individual who you could definitely believe would kill somebody, even though he clearly didn't. Um, So what was that like dealing with those two uh, shady characters? Yeah. I mean, they definitely are shady. Um, They definitely are. Um, and it was, it's intimidating. It's even intimidating now. I mean, I'm even now scared that someone, you know, maybe Jeff was going to send, um, you know, uh, going to send, uh, Alan Glover to, you know, sh- shoot me or something. Yeah. Or, or his sexy, knows. uh, his sexy assassin nanny from Russia or wherever he brought her in. From. Whatever. Yeah. I mean, like, and you know, God forbid I started GoFundMe to, you know, get some self-protection cause I don't got a gun. I mean, yeah. I mean, fuck. And hard to get one now. So I'm, I'm waiting. I, right. I don't have a gun yet. And I'm, I'm like literally on a waiting list to get a gun because with this madness going on, you know, I, I wow. my cars, actually both my cars got broken into like last night. I wake, I woke, that, really? I woke up this morning, went outside and found that both my cars were ransacked. So I'm like, all right, how many days until I get my gun? Um, yeah. you know, hopefully things aren't as bad that. as you are. Yeah. No, no, not so bad. No. No. Um, okay, so let's let's have some some more of the uh, uplifting questions because this has been a this has been really fun. By the way, I really appreciate uh, you coming on. Sure thing. Um, Joe and singing. Uh, 
Was he really singing? You know, we're hearing these songs. Yeah. It can't be, right? <laughs> no. Unfortunately, there I I possessed video of, of that photo shoot. If you look at my Facebook page, when yeah. you're going to donate to my Facebook fundraiser, um, you can stop by and look at some of the behind-the-scenes stuff I posted. Um, I have a bunch more of it I'm going to be posting just in regular intervals. Yeah, awesome, yeah. Um, and Because uh, the thing was, I mean, I was just campaign manager, so... Every time there was a good photo, I'd take my phone out and I'd snap the photo, you know? So what was so, it like I mean, though? And would he record his his version of this song and then have and then send it off to somebody else to re-record it later and send it back type of thing? He would no, he would just what what we did when we went into the recording studio, because I actually recorded one of the videos. It never got released, but I did record oh, really? and do okay, a video. Cool. Yeah. Um, and it, it just disappeared when he went on the run. Um, but it was a dedication song to Travis called Travis and me. Mm-hmm. Um, and like, he could not sing. So what I was supposed to do was like video, but not like, you know, video it. And then we would have someone else sing it for him, you know, sing the song, mm-hmm. write the song and sing the song. And then he would buy the rights to make that under his name, you know? Interesting. How so, much money, God, how much money do you think? No idea. All the, <sighs> no idea. Probably like, an astronomical amount. He had like four albums, right? Or yeah, more. something like that. DVD, crazy. DVD combos. Yeah. Oh, God, the amount of money he must have spent on that shit is just mind boggling. Um, so you you mentioned now, I, I, I got one serious question, then back to a funny question to end it. Um, okay. You said now you're, you know, you're, you were trying to just work trying to kill time at a grocery store. So what do you want to do now? Like once we get this past you, once, once Tiger King mania has died down a little bit more, once you, uh, gotten the treatment that you need to get past the trauma that you've experienced because of Travis's death. What do you want to do? Do you want to remain in, in politics or do you want to try something different? Like what's your goal? Uh, I think politics. I really think politics is where I want to, where I want to go back to eventually. Um, I just need to be able to like, you know, get well, yeah. um, do some easy work for a while you need to get well it, to go back it. into the, the the slum hole yeah. madness that is the political arena. Yeah, I mean, I just feel like you know, I just feel like I just need a little bit more time of living a simple life. Um, and you know, this documentary has been an excellent opportunity. Now the world knows like what happened to me, um, so now I actually have an opportunity and a platform to be able to get the help I need. Yeah. So you know, this net the, the this documentary has been both a blessing and a curse, you know, the curse because of the trauma that it's, you know, reinflicted in me, yeah. but the curse, you know, a blessing because people are starting to, you know, donate, um, you know, we're, um, I think $4,000 away from our goal and GoFundMe, And I think mm-hmm. about 4,000 through four or 3000 away from our Facebook one. Yep. And that's it. You know, that's it. Like every, by then, um, you know, I'll have been employed long enough at this, fo- uh, with this folks, um, I'll qualify for health insurance. Um, it's a good company. I'm not allowed to say exactly what company, but it's a good company. Um, and they have great, great health insurance. So That's good, I've man. just got, I've just got 90 more days or so. Um, and then I, um, you know, obviously the, um, what a lot of this is going to have to go to is treatment in, in between those 90 days, but also I'm hoping to do in raising what I'm raising um, in addition to doing the cameos is be able to pay off my, de- my deductibles mm-hmm. immediately when I do start my insurance in 90 days, that way I'm able to do it on my own because this ain't going to last forever. Yeah. I'm not one, you know, I'm not, you know, I didn't make anything from Netflix. Netflix itself never cut me a check for nothing. I'm, I, I'm just, you know, living in a cheap one bedroom apartment, cheapest we have in Stillwater. Um, you know, just me and my fiance and our little puppy. Um, you know, I'm just a normal guy, you know, trying to spread Liberty out and I just got caught up on all this, you know? Yeah. Well, who do you, by the way, speaking of Liberty, who do you, uh, support for president as far as the Libertarian party goes? Do you have I'm, a favorite? I'm, I'm not prepared to announce, but no. I did give a few calls. <laughs> yeah, I'm not prepared to announce. All right. Yeah. Well, you can keep that idea. I, but when I you never, do announce, never thought let I'd me know. Have to say that. Yeah. I never thought I'd have to say that. Yeah. yeah. It's funny, man. Well, when you do, it's let also, me know. I saw some internet poll, which of course I know it's fun. It's just an internet poll, but I thought it was fun. It kind of lifted my spirits. It's like, who do you want for president? And I was like number two or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, do, you have a, 
Do you have a uh, Twitter account? Yeah, Vermin's Free. I met him. I was hanging out with him at the Libertarian Convention in California. He's a good dude. Um, yeah, I'd, I'd love to meet, get with Vermin Supreme and meet with him. I think he's a cool guy. I'd like to see what he has to offer. Yeah, he's, he's he like he's cool running a real legitimate com- uh, campaign. Like, like he's serious about it. So, you know, um, I mean, more power to him. It's interesting. Like his whole, he hit a hashtag, we're in on the joke. Because, you know, he's got a boot on his fucking head after all. But uh, yeah. I thought it was an interesting thing to raise awareness. It's it's one of those, it's the question mark and you go, okay, is it, you know, to run him out there, is it good as a, a brand builder to get people interested or is it doing more harm than good is always the question. Um, but in this year, I mean, this election cycle, we're not going to win shit anyway. So maybe it's when you no. say, let's just build, let's just get as much awareness as we can and yes. see what happens. Th- this year, everyone loses. It doesn't yeah, matter. Exactly. Everyone exactly. loses. Yep, doesn't matter what 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 you <laughs> L R I D. Don't matter which of those letters you got on your card, you lose. Sorry. Yeah, precisely. <laughs> All right. One last one last question. Well, actually, two things. Do you have a Twitter account? Because I couldn't find one looking uh, earlier. Oh, I do, but um, don't you know, really use I, much. I just I just don't have the you know it's the I just don't really use it. Yeah. Yeah. Just, well, the toxicity. I just have a hard. I mean, you're, you're have enough people being yeah. assholes to you as is, so the Twitter on would just Facebook, add to yes. it. So like tell Facebook people Facebook is hard enough for sure. Oh God, yeah. Well, so tell yeah. people where they can find you uh, at Facebook. Tell them about uh, again the fundraisers, Facebook fundraiser, uh, GoFundMe, which is GoFundMe.com forward slash uh, counseling for Joshua, counseling dash for dash Joshua dash dial. And again, I'll link to all of these on the show notes page at lionsofliberty.com forward slash ELL172. But where else? I mean, you, you've got a Facebook page that people can find you at and, and you'll uh, you'll accept their friendship. If they have a libertarian moniker, uh, hopefully they say they met well, you through Lions of Liberty. <laughs> I'm, I'm actually uh, maxed out on the friends. I, I've ah, got okay. five friends, but find me on uh, Facebook, Joshua Dial. You can still follow me. I'm, I'm, I'm the Joshua Dial with a picture of me and my fiance and a map of Middle Earth as the <laughs> as the header. Um, shout out to Tolkien fans. Um, if, I'd, if I'd have got to choose my major, it would have been uh, Tolkien studies. Tolkienism. <laughs> yeah. yeah. All right. Cool. Um, but um, I am on Cameo. Uh, so if you want me to give a shout out, like I said before, um, say fuck the feds, your friends, or you want some like behind the scenes questions you want me to answer or say happy birthday or whatever. Um, you can look me up, just look up Joshua dial tiger King on cameo. Um, and then I do have a Facebook fundraiser. Like I said before, um, that's only got like six days on it, I think before it's over with, and uh, we're quite a ways from our goal. So I just appreciate everyone helping me out. I really want to give a great shout out to all, like all my libertarian family that's helped me through this time. Um, I know if I was in another party, like I would not be getting this kind of help. Everyone would just be saying, go to the government. And, you know, I, it's so, so nice that people understand, you know, it's, it's such a good group of people that we have in our party. And it's really brought the best out of a lot of people. Um, the worst out of a bunch, but the best out of most. Um, so I would just say, like, remember, I mean, you know, if you ever have a chance to have a national platform or a platform at all, if a camera is rolling, don't be afraid to sneak some libertarianism in there. Yeah, man. Because you never know when it's going to get sold to Netflix. A global <laughs> pandemic happens and everyone in the country watches it. <laughs> exactly. All right. One more question and then that's it. Uh, this is a doozy. Fuck, Mary kill, right? You know this game? Do I? Do you know? Okay, you know the game Fuck, Mary kill? You fuck one, you marry one, you kill one? Oh, okay. No, I guess I do now. All right. Here's your choices. Fuck, Mary kill, Joe Exotic, that bitch Carol, or a tiger, or and a tiger. Those are your choices. Which one do you want? Which one are you doing? <laughs> this is the high-level questions that we get from our... From our fans. Fuck, kill, and what else? <laughs> you gotta fuck you fuck one, you marry one, and you kill one. Oh, and you got Joe God. Exotic, that bitch Carol, or a tiger. And you have to assign which one. Oh, I I, I killed Joe Exotic because he's a dead <laughs> man, anyways. Okay. I'd fuck the tiger because they're both gross, and the tiger would be the cutest and good best looking thing, <laughs> as long as it's a male tiger. Yeah. Um, <laughs> no, no, that's a joke. That's a joke, people. Okay, and uh, I, I'd yeah. marry Carol Baskin because she's got the money. 
Yeah, you know? damn well right she does. I think, yeah, I, I yeah. think you said it too. And yes, uh, I am brave enough to do it. I If I <laughs> smell one whiff of sardine oil, I'm bouncing out. <laughs> awesome. I think that's a perfect way to end the interview. Uh, Josh, this has been a joy. I thank you so much for coming on. I'd love to have you back on down the road sometime too if you're game after this is all blown over and you have some more time. So really, thank you so right. much. And uh, Thank you guys. Yeah, man. We're going to help you in any way we can. So All right. Have a good one. All right. Thanks, bud. So there you go. There is Joshua Dial. I hope that I hope that cleared up some issues that libertarians had with him, the confusion over whether or not he has ditched the party. Clearly, the answer to that is no. And uh, yeah, great guy. Really enjoyed talking to Josh. Now, one thing, the Facebook fundraiser, you know, we're talking about how people are mean and douchebags. So some assholes, I guess, reported and kiboshed the Facebook fundraiser. They, they submarined it. So do not go there. Instead, go to his GoFundMe page. It's easy. Just type in Joshua Dial GoFundMe. It'll come right up. And uh, I donated $50 myself to that. So hope you'll do the same. Help this guy out. As you can imagine, I mean, I I can't even seeing somebody shoot themselves in the head, then going back to work every day for a year and a half and not not taking a break. I can understand a guy needs a little bit of help uh, going through that trauma, especially as it's become the most talked about thing in life outside of COVID right now. So help him out. Guys, you know how else you can help us out? You can help us out by sharing this show. Please tell your friends. If you see libertarian podcasts being discussed on Reddit or on Facebook forums, share our show, please. This is obviously a great one to share, but just in general, we're doing three shows a week. Every week, we've been doing more than that. Now, Mark, of course, with his flagship show, Lions of Liberty podcast, every Monday talking to leaders in the libertarian movement. He just had on the head of Praxis to talk about different ways of education and learning at home. They're outside of our government statism school system. System of, uh, of brainwashing. I, of course, am here every Wednesday giving you the sweet ass yelling and screaming, the ranting and raving on the current events and comedy and culture and all that good shit, as well as John Odermatt on Fridays with Felony Fridays, uh, arguably our most important show, looking at the criminal justice system, real stories from people that have been in the prison system that are helping those get out of the prison system and much, much more. So, Again, support us, support Josh, and we will talk to you very soon. So for me, Brian McWilliams from the Lions of Liberty and from Electric Liberty Land, always stay plugged in to liberty.